1: Of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Paul's life and letters for or against Torah. This is part 11 of the series. So now, the next thing we're going to see in Paul's writings and Paul's teachings is that Paul saw himself as an ambassador to go out into the nations, and he saw primarily who he was to go out and to teach Messiah, and his redemptive work in the nations were primarily those of the Northern Kingdom, who were called the Ten Tribes, who were also called the House of Joseph or Ephraim, and... And to share messiah and to bring them back to the messiah to his torah and to teach not only what he did at his first coming when he died on the tree but to preach and proclaim his work at his second coming as well and in going out to the northern kingdom because the northern kingdom had for 700 years been assimilating and intermarrying with the non-jewish world and which they lived in order to reach them because they were assimilated it required paul to teach and preach messiah to all people all nations all races and so now i'm going to share with you a biblical definition of the exiles of israel which paul uses in ephesians in chapter 2 and that term is near and far off let's look at it in daniel chapter 9 and verse 7 it is written "O lord righteousness belongs unto you but unto us confusion of face as it is the state to the men of judah and to the inhabitants of jerusalem that is a reference to the southern kingdom the house of judah and the jewish people and unto all israel all israel now is a reference to the northern kingdom that are near and far off through all the countries where you've driven them and so who is near well it's the men of judah and jerusalem it's the house of judah it's the jewish people who are near because we can still Still, even though they're exiled in the nations we can still identify them as a people they have maintained their culture they are near but the northern kingdom specifically as was prophesied regarding their judgment in the book of hosea their judgment was to assimilate among the people where they were scattered and so thus they had the status of being far off through all the countries where they have been driven so given that the northern kingdom, the house of Joseph, the ten tribes of Ephraim, they're far off, and the southern kingdom, the house of Judah, the Jewish people are near in their exile. Paul then says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13, but now in Messiah Yeshua, you who are sometimes far off, that's the northern kingdom, that's the house of Joseph, that's the ten tribes, that is Ephraim, you who are far off are made near by the blood of Messiah, because there." judgment in Hosea chapter 1 would be no mercy and not a people. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 8 we are told that the northern kingdom was given a bill of divorce. And so how are they going to be brought back into the family? By the blood of Messiah. And because they were cut off from the covenant in their disobedience and breaking the Torah they would have to be grafted back in through the blood of Yeshua but only if they would repent of their sins. But but in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17, Paul went on to say that Messiah, through shedding his blood on the tree, he was proclaiming shalom, reconciliation, reconciliation, not only between God the Father and the people, because our sins have separated us from our God, Messiah's shed blood not only brought the reconciliation necessary between God the Father and a sinful world, but it brought reconciliation for those who would receive it between the northern kingdom and southern kingdom who have been separated since their split following the days of David and Solomon. So he preached peace to those who are far off the northern kingdom and to those who are near the southern kingdom. And now Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15, and Yeshua made of the two, those who are far off northern kingdom, those who are near southern kingdom, he's made of northern kingdom and southern kingdom a new people, a new creation. He's made of the two, one new New man so making peace and so this is what the one new man is is messiah's redemptive work to bring reconciliation between god the father and his covenant people and to bring restoration reconciliation between the people themselves and so this one new man only comes about in and through the work of the holy spirit ephesians chapter 2 verse 15 he's made of the two one new man, and then it says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18, for through him, through Yeshua, we those who are far off and those who are near, northern kingdom, southern kingdom, we both have access by the Spirit to God the Father. And so the one new man is in the Spirit when we are changed in our hearts, and we have a new heart attitude, so that we've repented of our sins, we're reconciled to God the Father, and with a new heart attitude, we're reconciled with our brother as well. Paul taught that Yeshua, through his death, burial, resurrection, that him dying on the tree was to fulfill the promises that was made to the fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Romans chapter 15, verse 8. Now I say that Yeshua, Messiah, was a minister of the circumcision, that is, he was a minister to the Jewish people. For the truth of God, the truth of God is the Torah and the promises that was made to the nation of Israel to confirm the promises that was made to the fathers. And so then Paul taught the role of Messiah in dying on the tree, shedding his blood, not only to provide forgiveness of sins, but ultimately an element, an aspect of the redemptive work of the Messiah is to end the exile of his people and to bring to the land both northern kingdom and southern kingdom and unite them when they return to the land. In Acts chapter 26, verses 6 and 7, it is written, And now I stand and I'm judged. Paul said he's being judged. Why? For the hope of the promise that God made to the fathers. Who's that? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Who's that? Moses and the people at Mount Sinai. So he's being judged for seeing the completion and the fulfillment of that promise. What is that promise? It's the promise made to the 12 tribes who are instantly serving God day and night. In other words, they're in exile. And it's a promise of which they hope to come to. In other words, it wasn't a completed thing in the days of Paul. So what was he referring to that was not complete? The end of the exile and the gathering, uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel back to the land. That element of the redemptive work has not yet physically been completed. And so Paul saw and understood that once he came to faith in Yeshua as the Messiah on the road to Damascus, and when Yeshua gave a commission to him that he was to go out to the Gentiles, Paul understood that primarily it was his task and his calling to go out and to share Messiah primarily to the Northern Kingdom, the Ten Tribes Ephraim, and while in doing so he would reach all people in all nations. We can see this from Acts chapter 13 verses 44, 46, and 47. And the next Sabbath day came the whole city together to hear the word of god then paul and barnabas waxed bold and said lo we turn to and the english king james translation says the gentiles but in context gentiles here would be a reference to the assimilated 10 tribes who have been scattered into the nations he goes on to say in acts chapter 13 verse 47 for so has god commanded us that i've set you to be a light to the gentiles that you should be for salvation Unto the ends of the earth. And so in Acts chapter 13, verse 47, Paul is making a reference to either Isaiah in chapter 42 or Isaiah chapter 49. And so in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 6, it says, I the Lord have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand and will keep you and give you for a covenant of the people for a light to the Gentiles tiles. But while Paul can be referring to Isaiah 42, Isaiah 49 speaks of the same thing. In Isaiah chapter 49 verses 5 and 6, it is written, and now says the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant. And who's God's servant in Isaiah 49? It's the Messiah. So the Messiah is the servant of God, and ultimately he's to accomplish the objective of gathering Jacob and restoring Jacob, to bring bring Jacob again to him though Israel be not gathered yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord and my God shall be my strength and he said it's a light thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel oh it's an easy thing to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel but I will also give you for a light to the Gentiles that you might be my salvation unto the ends of the earth and so being a light to the nations has a Double meaning and light means that he's going to cause them to come out of their darkness. And so we're told regarding the northern kingdom in Isaiah chapter nine and verses one and two. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation when at the first. That's because the northern kingdom was taken into captivity into three stages. So Isaiah nine one and two is prophesying of the second captivity, the second stage. But it says initially that the Assyrians lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but In the second affliction, after the first one, he did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations." that the people that walk in darkness, that's the northern kingdom, how did they walk in darkness? They departed from the Torah. Those that walked in darkness have seen a great light. So Messiah is being a light to the nations that walked in darkness, and that particularly is a reference to the northern kingdom, but it includes all people and all nations as well. It has a double meaning. But how was Isaiah chapter 49 verses 5 and 6 seen by the rabbis. In the book by Moses Nachmamides, he goes by the Ramban in his book entitled The Book of Redemption on page 25 and 26. He makes reference to Isaiah 49 verses 5 and 6 saying, And now thus says the Lord that formed me from the womb to be a servant. It's a light thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the offspring of Israel. And he says, this alludes to his prophecies in general, in which the prophet spoke concerning all of them. That is the 10 tribes lost in the Assyrian exile and the two tribes in the Babylonian exile. So after it gives this prophecy in Isaiah 49, verse six, that I'll give you a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth of which Paul is quoting from and seeing that this is his commission given to him by Yeshua in Acts in chapter 13 and verse 47 in context it goes on to say in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 9 that you may say to the prisoners go forth to those that are in darkness show yourselves and so there's a people in darkness that Messiah the servant is going to bring his light to them to them that are in darkness show yourselves and they will feed in the ways in their pastures shall be in all high places. And so speaking about Isaiah 49.9, the prisoners who are in darkness, who is this seen as being? In the book, A Matter of Return by Rabbi Raphael Eisenberg, on page 132, he explains the following in the meaning of Isaiah nine nine and the prisoners, prophesying about the future return of the exiles to their land. Isaiah states that you may say to the prisoners go forth to them that are in darkness show yourselves the Midrash Rabbah or the rabbinical commentary explains that the prisoners are the ten tribes the northern kingdom the house of Joseph residing beyond the river Sabatian and those who are in darkness that is the ten tribes denotes those existing under a dark cloud because they are in exile so we can see that Isaiah 49 is prophesying about the Messiah, the servant of God, who's going to come and gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel and be a light to the nations a light to the Gentiles and once again the light to the Gentiles has a double meaning the initial and primary meaning is he's being a light to the northern kingdom who sat in darkness according to Isaiah 9 1 and 2 because they departed from the Torah Yeshua is going to make the provision for them to return to him and return to his Torah Yeshua is the light of the world John chapter 8 verse 12 and the Torah is light. Proverbs and chapter 6 verse 23. So if he's going to be a light to them, they have to return to him and return to his Torah. That means they need to repent of their sins. And so this also is a reference to all kindreds, nations, and peoples and tongues in the earth as well as the 10 tribes who were cut off from the covenant in Hosea 1 and were divorced in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 8. So now we're going to see regarding a prophecy of Ezekiel, regarding the 12 tribes in captivity, in exile, that ultimately they're going to leave their places of exile. They're going to return to the land of Israel and Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom is going to be united. And so in Ezekiel chapter 37, verses one through three, it is written, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. And he caused me to passed by them round about and behold there were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry and he said to me son of man can these bones live and i answered O lord god only you know ezekiel 37 verse 4 Ezekiel's told to prophesy to those bones and say to them O you dry bones hear the word of the lord verse 5 thus says the lord god unto these bones behold i will cause breath to enter into you and you will live and now in verse 11 Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11. Regarding those dry bones, this is said These bones are the whole house of Israel, all 12 tribes, northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And then it goes on to say, Behold, they say, Our bones are dried, our hope is lost, we are cut off from our part Our hope is lost, we are cut off from our parts. You see, as long as there's not a regathering and uniting of northern kingdom and southern kingdom, there will not be an end of the exile. And if there's not an end of the exile, then there is no messianic era. And if there's no end of the exile, then the Messiah is and has not yet come to do his redemptive work, to end the exile of his people, bring them back to their land and rule and reign with them in his kingdom. So until that happens, and as long as Northern Kingdom is separated from Southern Kingdom, we are told their hope is lost. and so Paul testifies to the Jewish leadership in Rome in Acts chapter 28 verse 17. After three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together, and when they were come together, he said to them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or the customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem under the hands of the Romans. Acts chapter 28 verses 19 and 20. And when the jews spoke against it i was constrained to appeal unto caesar so the details of this is acts chapter 21 where paul is accused through acts chapter 26 where he is testifying before king agrippa acts chapter 28 verse 20 for this cause therefore have i called for to you to see you and to speak with you because for the hope of israel i am bound with this chain so paul says that what he's doing is for the purpose of the hope of israel and what is that hope? That hope is the end of their exile in the gathering, uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. That as it says in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11, as long as Northern Kingdom is separated from Southern Kingdom, as long as they are in exile, our hope is lost. And speaking of the association of the end of the exile to returning to the land, the national anthem of the nation of Israel is called Hatikva, which means the hope. And the national anthem and the words of it says that that hope is that the people would no longer be in exile and that they would return and live in the land of Israel and they would come to Zion. They would come to Zion. And so Yeshua had given word to Paul when Yeshua revealed himself to Paul on the road to Damascus where Yeshua told Paul in Acts chapter 9 verse 16, I will show you how great things that he must suffer for my name's sake. So in proclaiming Yeshua and his redemptive work and that Yeshua died on the tree for making it possible that our sins to be forgiven, and that he's coming again to gather and unite the twelve tribes of Israel, Paul had to suffer many hardships in proclaiming this redemptive work of the Messiah. And so now let's look at some of the hardships that Paul had to endure in proclaiming the hope of Israel, Messiah's role to end their exile and gather unite them, and bring them back to the land. In Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 24, Paul says, of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Paul had to suffer shipwreck. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25, Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep. Paul says he suffered many perils. In Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 6 it is written, In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false Brethren, Paul suffered hunger and thirst second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 27 in weariness and painfulness in watchings often in hunger and thirst in fastings often in cold and nakedness now we're going to see that Paul saw himself as we've just been explaining from his testimony in Acts chapter 13 verse 47 going back to Isaiah chapter 49 verses 5 and 6 that his ministry was primarily directed to the northern kingdom, who was scattered among the nations, and to proclaim to them the good news of Messiah, to call them to repent, and to receive the redemptive work of the Messiah, the forgiveness of their sins, and the return of his Torah, and to follow his Torah by the Holy Spirit. That Paul was writing to the northern kingdom in the book of Romans. Keep in mind that as he's addressing the northern kingdom, they're assimilated among the peoples where they're living, so ultimately Ultimately the teachings of Paul is going to go out to all nations and peoples and tongues. So Romans chapter 9 verse 24, Paul writes Even us, whom he has called not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. So the subject is not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. And then Romans 9 25 says, as he says in Hosea. So, the Gentiles as he says in Hosea. The Gentiles as he says in Hosea. Wait a second. Hosea wasn't written to the gentiles meaning those people that were outside and did not have a covenant with god hosea was written to the northern kingdom and so now he quotes hosea chapter 2 verse 23 i will call them my people which were not my people and her beloved which were not my beloved and now in romans chapter 9 verse 26 paul quotes hosea chapter 1 verse 10 and it will come to pass in the place where it was said you are not my people there shall you be called the children of the living god Well, that's going to conclude part 11 of the series on the subject, Paul's Life and Letters, for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
1: Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD Yeshua the Lawgiver for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is Hebrutes.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries P.O. Box 81. Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.